you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Ancestry.com? I know you do. Jan- Jan has discovered like multitudes of families she had no clue about and has now developed relationships with people in Chicago and all around through Ancestry. Anybody else? Dick's doing so- Okay, so a- Kevin. Uh, Ancestry has inc- is, uh, intrigued me because I've realized how little I know about my family. Uh-huh. We always, uh, the joke was always that we were Irish potato farmers, but that is literally the only clue I have to anything about the Fosters. And my Aunt Karen is probably watching from California right now and is going to tell me that is totally wrong. I'm intrigued, but not enough to have done the work, right? Um, But I'm intrigued by that, which we call our family. So uh, if I ask you to to do your geneogram, to write a family tree up today, I can think of who you might name, right? Uh, Probably your parents, for sure. They would go on there, even if they're, uh, you know, it's not a great situation or there's these things, you would put your parents up there and then you'd start branching out, right? You'd have grandparents and maybe uh, uncles and aunts. Uh, maybe if you're married, you might have a spouse, maybe kids. Uh, and you would fill this thing out with whatever you know, right? These are your family. Everybody agree with that? Okay. So this is one document where you would document your family. Now, uh, you're taking your kid to Sky Zone, or you are going to play pickleball with the silver sneakers up at the Y, and they give you a, uh, a waiver. You're going to have to sign away. You know, if I break my ankle playing pickleball, I'm not going to sue you, and they're going to ask you for your emergency contacts, right? Is it always the same people on this document as on the first document? You're... My Aunt Karen is all the way out in California. She is not going to be on any document for any of my children, for anything we're going to do, uh, though she is family, right? I've been thinking deeply as I've been studying this week about the intersection of uh, family, biological, and chosen. Uh, for us, we have no biological family in Kentucky. Now, the West Virginia family keeps getting closer, so it's starting to feel like they're near. When we started out, they were seven hours away. We're down to a little bit less than three hours. But uh, family, as you would put them on your ancestry thing, uh, is not uh, a reality for us on our day-to-day lives. When we fill out our form for Garrett Morgan for our kids to go to school, and it says, who can pick up your kids? Uh, it says Cameron and Britton Bibb. Cameron's my best friend. He was my best man in my wedding. Uh, we came to seminary together, and we have uh, journeyed the wandering path of people who go to seminary since then. Uh, Barry and Scott Prince go on that list. Barry is uh, our downtown children's pastor. Uh, Dr. Scott is uh, her uh, right-hand man, uh, and they're our family. Uh, when we had Josiah, and uh, we spent months and months and months never having anybody watch this kid, we had no family, and we didn't know who we could turn to, and we were exhausted. And somehow Barry said, let me take your kid uh, in a way that we could receive. And uh, we've, we've struggled with labels. Uh, one time my 
my actual mother-in-law called Barry our Lexington grandmother for the kids, and she did not like that designation. Uh, so we, we don't really have the words for it, but Barry and Scott and their kids, frankly, are our family. Sarah and John Flannery, part of our offerings community, are family. Taylor Zimmerman, our new offerings pastor, uh, has been uh, simultaneously like a brother and uh, um, a spiritual father, and he is family. I'm not going to name anybody from Andover, because then it just gets into, we're going to spend all day talking about how much I deeply love every one of you. Uh, there is no overlap for us in these two documents. I love my biological family. Um, I am uplifted and supported by the family that is chosen. Um, about halfway uh, through kind of the first year out of seminary, we hit a kind of reckoning point for us. We could uh, move to be near family, um, or we could stay here uh, where we had chosen family. And this, for us, was a painful reckoning, because uh, the plan was always to go back to North Carolina. It was always the plan. We're going to get through seminary just as fast as we can uh, and get as close as we could to Greenville. Uh, also on the table, potentially, was to move to West Virginia and be near Felsha's biological family uh, and, and have that support system and be pastors where they desperately need pastors. And we could never get comfortable with going to those places uh, even for the reason to be near our family. And, and we finally reckoned with the fact that for us, our chosen family was as uh, deeply part of our lives as our biological family. Our society and the church more broadly has uh, sanctified the nuclear family as the, uh, the best end of our lives. If you can get married and have two kids and a picket fence and one kind of dog that is not an aggressive type, uh, you will have achieved, I gotta say these things now, right, people? We got pit bulls and chihuahuas, both are aggressive and nasty. Chihuahuas should not be part of your American dream. Um, but we have, they shouldn't be. My father also had a Datsun that bit people, so I'm a little bit suspicious of Datsuns being part of the American dream. What? Mm, they don't love you back. She asked about a cat. Cats are utilitarian creatures that I will invest in for, for mice consumption at some point. Uh, Y'all, Bree, that was a great question, but you've gotten me sidetracked so fast. I was getting ready to lecture on cats instead of dogs, and now I can feel my cheeks blushing because I want to talk about why cats are so terrible other than killing mice. But you can't guarantee that they kill mice, Bree. You can go get a cat and all the supplies, and it will just laugh in your face and not kill mice. That's done, okay? We have made this the dream, and the church has been complicit in it. We have harmed single folks, celibate folks, folks whose uh, marriages have broken down, folks who uh, don't look like the American dream as less than in the church. Uh, we have closed full discipleship paths for people who don't look like the American dream, and we have said, you need uh, to get here. This is utopia. And I can't find any scriptural warrant for it at all. I know some of you are going to be frustrated for a minute. I hope you'll concede that uh, we are in vastly different circumstances now than we were in first century Palestine, and that the world has changed and we've had ebbs and flows since then. Even in Jesus' day, the definition of family was changing dramatically. In our Old Testament, the family, uh, more broadly the tribal family, 
is the epicenter of your life. Uh, the eldest man in the family is the Av, the father uh, of this group, and then uh, kind of the children uh, and then the grandchildren all become part of this family. They all have one property together. They just start building new huts for people who are being born and taking wives, because this is what they're doing, right? They're being born and taking wives, and they're doing this transactional stuff, and it is uh, kind of the, the clan that becomes uh, the very locus of, uh, of care and concern in the world. And we go up from there, and, and uh, even in, in the, um, to the extreme that the, the father, the Av, uh, sets the laws for the home. He enforces justice and rightness. And we flip the page to the New Testament, and Jesus begins to uh, tweak what has been a sanctified thing in the Old Testament. Jesus begins to push back, uh, especially towards his uh, time of dying. Uh, people are, are talking to him, and they're like, well, let me go take care of my mother, or go take care of my father. And he says this thing that's kind of almost in passing, and that we can, we can feel pretty uncomfortable with. He says, forget your mother and father. These are now your mother and father. These are your brothers and siblings. These are your family. And that just, uh, in our uh, American dream, husband, wife, two kids, picket fence, non-aggressive dog scenario, uh, this is deeply uncomfortable. Um, but Jesus is now moving the locus of, uh, of care from the nuclear biological family to the church. We don't have words for the church yet at this point. We don't have uh, kind of structures for uh, broader denominational movement. What we have is a group of people who are already following Jesus, and he's going to commend them to each other's care. And, and this is so radical, and we miss it. And then we have done the same thing that Israel was doing. We, we uh, cling back to what we knew. Paul is confronting this very issue uh, in this book of Romans that we've been reading. We've talked about it time and time again that we have people who were a family. They were the heirs of God's promises because they are Abraham's children. They can do their Ancestry.com all the way back to him and Sarah. They are family, and they uh, are the ones who uh, kind of are the, yeah, the heirs of God's promises. And then we have these Gentiles who would be nowhere near the Ancestry.com uh, family geneogram for those people from Israel. And Paul is saying, uh, not only do y'all have to get along, you're now family. He's been speaking to them separately up until this point. He's been talking uh, kind of at one moment to the, the Jewish Christians and the next moment to the Gentile Christians. And then he uh, comes to our passage today, which if we just kind of flippantly take it, we can just skip right on by and go, well, that's not uh, that weighty of a matter. You know, we've been talking about righteousness and justification up until now. And now we get this... Uh, this thing that maybe doesn't seem uh, so intense. Paul is choosing every word uh, very intentionally. We move from last week's text to this week's text with the language of brothers and sisters. Paul is telling these, uh, these very different groups that you are now family. In Christ, you are now responsible for each other. Through the power of the Spirit, you uh, have to love one another and to bear one another up. And then he's going to go on to say, and as hard as things are, you need each other. 
And anticipating their question, he's going to say, and this happens because through the Spirit you have been adopted as sons and daughters of the God Most High. If you are in Christ, if you, if you have done this simple thing that has been asked to believe, you are now adopted as a child of God. And you all are siblings. Paul rips the Ancestry.com paper up and says, we need to look at emergency contacts. The very real people in your life who you are doing life with, who are uh, now yours to care for and to be cared by. And he acknowledges that it is not always going to be easy. Uh, he is not done telling them that they have to figure out how to get along. He's definitely not done telling them how to get along. This is an ongoing thing for the family of God, but it's something you do. And if you think about this, you know this. You've got that chosen family, right? And sometimes they drive you bonkers. And sometimes you hurt that relationship. Cameron Bibb, I can't believe he's still my best friend. He was the first one of our whole group to have kids. And uh, the rest of us underestimated the uh, degree of chaos kids can bring to your life. Uh, and one time we were all, we wanted to play racquetball. This was in the height of like dude bros playing racquetball. And uh, we wanted to go. And so we said, come on, let's go play. And he said, Britain is working. I can't, I've got Ellie. And I flippantly said, well, just bring a pack and play and set her outside their court. I deeply wounded my dear friend with a flippant offhand comment because I wanted something. Uh, and yet he loved me enough uh, to call me out on it and then to do the hard work together of fixing it. We've been through a lot together. We've been through changes in vocational path. We've been through kids. We've been through uh, learning how to be married. We've gone through, um, through so much that he has experienced with me that none of my biological family uh, would ever know. I love my sister and my aunts and uncles. I love my biological family, but uh, they, uh, they're out there. They don't, uh, they don't know what it's like to be on Thursday or v Wednesday night of VBS week and just be done and need somebody to care for you. Paul's inviting us to see the chosen family, and I think the question for us is how do we seek out chosen family in the church? We have to uh, lift the nuclear family off the pedestal of sanctification and instead seek being the family of God as the telos of our lives. We have to look, is that our end? To love one another, to bear our crosses for one another, to seek the good of even those that frustrate us sometimes, The story so often of Andover is the story of chosen family. It's uh, somebody who has gone from uh, acquaintance down the row uh, to chosen family. And we need it as much as the Jews and the Gentiles did at the time of Paul. We need it because, as he says in the second half of the passage, all of creation is groaning. Paul warns these people, you need to be brothers and sisters. You are adopted sons and daughters of God because the world is groaning. Things are not okay. Sin is still around and life is still hard. And you know the way you're going to get through it is by being God's family in the strength of the Spirit. In some of his other books, he does a much clearer job of laying out the very daily implications of how you can be chosen family. Uh, but for our sake, it, it is... Uh, I think uh, a turning point for us to actively choose to, to right the wrongs we've done, it has uh, been hard to be a person who doesn't live the American dream and the American church. 
for whatever reason, uh, the church has caused great harm and we need to repent of it and seek to do better. Because friends, we are brothers and sisters. We are children of the God most high. This is part of the spirit working in us and sanctifying us, making us holy, is helping us love one another helping us grow in love of God. And then we have a job, which is to hope together. It's Paul's final uh, kind of exhortation to the church here in this section is, okay, uh, siblings in Christ, sons and daughters of the God Most High, as the world groans and awaits things being made right, hope. And if I could put a parenthetical in there, I think he's saying hope together Bree, when it is too hard for you to hope, let Carrie help you hope. Carrie, when it's too hard for you, let Betty Jo help you. If we just pull off into our little nuclear corners, uh, we leave a lot of people out of hope with community. And may it never be so anymore. May our chosen family sustain us in the times of struggle. And may we sustain uh, in times of goodness. That's why I love VBS team this week. In times of good, in times of bad, in times of sorrow. Okay, so Jake, Jake was at VBS all week. You need to say that louder. Shine Jesus light. Um, friends, uh, it's not going to be something that we understand overnight. Uh, for many of you, you've been working on this uh, for decades, right? You know that uh, building your chosen family is never over. Um, but maybe be about the work. And then may we come together to hope in Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you have adopted us as your sons and daughters, as your children, and then knit us together through your spirit as siblings in Christ. For the ways in which we have made idols of the American dream, would you forgive us? For the ways in which our systems and structures perpetuate it, would you help us tear them down? Lord, would you give us ears to hear how we might, uh, how we might be your, your family on earth, how we might choose one another and love one another well? Lord, would you lavish us with your grace that we might truly, truly love you more fully and love one another more fully? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.